do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. We got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Liberal Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Liberal Cubicalist. This show is like a journal of all the media I have consumed. You may have not consumed some of this media yourself, so I warn of that possibility because things may be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, spoiled. Perhaps. Perhaps. Uh, let me just do a little uh, audio test here. My audio looks a little funny. Better, worse, worse, better. Uh, maybe if I turn this down a bit. How's that? Better, worse, looks worse, looks better, looks worse. Oh boy. You know what? A professional likely would uh, <laughs> ed edit that out and edit me saying the word edit weird out but I am not a professional for example that all right uh, if you are unfamiliar with the show uh, I will start a series of five five minute timers that will uh, hopefully relegate us to a 20 minute podcast often it happens not that way but I aim for that and that is what is important is important you know what I should say perhaps at this juncture been a couple of weeks since I've recorded an episode, if that has not been blatantly obvious so far. Pushing button now. Gentlemen, let's get ready to review some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Dr. Strange's Clinic for Infinity Kidney Stone Removal. Thank you for that sponsorship. The sponsorship of a movie monologue, I might add, that uh, is a little bit of an experiment in that I only have two. Count them. Well, no need to count them. I'm telling you, there's only two movies in this movie monologue. Normally, I have four minimum. Uh, sometimes five, and on rare occasions, more, but... Uh, just sort of worked out that I hadn't watched a lot of movies combined with the fact that one of them I believe I will have a lot to say because I saw it yesterday in the theater which I have not done in a long time Avengers Infinity War um, don't often go to the movie theater but I uh, really wanted to for this one mostly for the reason that uh, I'm not good at many things but one of the things with which I am good is avoiding movie spoilers. So, 
this one was tricky <laughs> and some things despite my being good at it trickled in uh, I, I will say and I've already I do a spoiler warning at the top of every show I did a spoiler warning at the top of this segment I'm saying right now there will be spoilers for this you could skip ahead five minutes and you will everything will be spoiler free as far as Infinity Wars uh, I did sort of put together through things that I tried not to see that uh, in this movie Spider-Man would uh, die. Um, if you're unfamiliar with this, <laughs> what the fuck, why didn't you skip ahead? If you are familiar, you will know that it wasn't just him <laughs> that died. It was like a lot of people. And died, uh, is that correct? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe more look at it as wiped out of existence. But it's not wiped out as in forgot about, which uh, is sort of an interesting... Well, l let me just start at the beginning. If you're uh, Thanos... Uh, his sort of M.O. is that he wants to destroy half of life in the universe because that creates a balance, I guess? I don't, I don't know. His reasoning's a little strange. And couldn't some planets be perfectly balanced and some have, you know, way too many people and then maybe his insane idea is less insane? I don't know. Um, so he sort of is gathering all the Infinity Stones, which will allow him to accomplish this tact task blah 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 uh, now my sort of uh, question there is he's and, and they do a pretty good job uh, is he insane uh, he he believes he very strongly believes that what he's doing is right which is a which is a good uh, a good thing for a a bad guy in your superhero movie uh, if he believes what he's doing is right that adds sort of a cool layer I think um, that being said, why couldn't he, with this super all-powerful stone that can destroy half of all life in the universe, have it so that, um, because he, he's not doing it because he wants to cause people pain, so rather than just have half the life disappear, have half the life disappear and no one remember they are alive. I mean, it's not good for story purposes, I suppose, but wouldn't it mean that everyone would just sort of go about their business and believe that things are the status quo and not be, you know, devastated over the loss of all these people, that sort of thing. Um, saw this with the misses in the, uh, in the movie theater. Uh, the first time going to a movie theater with, like, those comfy seats. So, for that reason, uh, I'm going to give this a 5 out of 5. Yes, very, very much enjoyed it. Not just for that reason, obviously. Uh, it was great. You, you, one of my sort of greatest uh, questions of this, or would have loved to have been the fly on the wall of during the process, is how did they decide who lived and who died in this sort of uh, mass killing off of half of all life in the universe? Uh, like, what was the decision process? Was was there coin flips? Uh, what... Uh, one, one sort of curiosity is I would figure or think that Doctor Strange wouldn't be among the people uh, who sort of disappeared just because he sort of has a, a knowledge of this sort of weird shit. Uh, so now who, who are they going to go to? Makes it even harder. Jesus Christ, how the hell are they going to get everyone back? It's fucked up. And Gamora as well? Even if they get everyone back, would she come back? Ah, man. Yeah. You know what? Um... Uh, you can uh, DM me, tweet at me. Well, don't tweet at me because people can see it. But DM me, Jordan underscore Maywood is 
uh, how you think they could possibly get everyone back. Like, what's going to happen? How? How? What? Why? Where? When? Ah, oh, shit. Okay, so uh, I had another movie. <laughs> See, I guess it was smart to, to only do two movies. Uh, the other movie is Hidden Figures. Also, really, really good movie. Also, uh, 5 out of 5. Yeah, uh, this is a true story. We're, we're going quite... They both have space in them, technically. We could call Avengers Infinity War and Hidden Figures space movies. We could, technically. Uh, this is the story about um, uh, the African-American women who worked for NASA in the... Was it 50s, I guess? Uh, who did like sort of math involved with the launching of spacecraft one in particular who sort of like uh, uh, powered through and ended up being an integral part of uh, uh, the first uh, manned space flight from the uh, United States of America so pretty cool uh, you will geez uh, this is one of those movies where both you'll you'll think yeah yeah we have come a long way uh, but then you'll also think oh jesus christ i can't believe things were as bad as they were it, it, it really from someone who was born in the 80s like myself uh sometimes you just don't realize how bad it was in the past for for uh, african-americans uh it, just like it, it's gut-wrenchingly you you think how not even so long ago were people treated like that not they're obviously treated better but uh, maybe i should don't get into the whole <laughs> race relation things uh, uh, regardless both these movies both these space movies really good movies Today's television talk sponsor is Green Screen Diet. Green Screen plus green patches to adhere to your clothes or skin. The Green Screen Diet. Thank you for that sponsorship in which we are talking the Joe McHale Show with, you guessed it, Joel McHale. Yes, uh, this is a, a once a week, is it, yeah, okay, a show on Netflix, which is a, a somewhat rarity. Normally when you think of Netflix, you pick uh, a Netflix television show you picture oh yeah they're all up there let's binge watch them but there's a few exceptions like this where they post one a week what was the other one uh chelsea not pretty <laughs> anyways uh was a big fan of uh the soup with joe McHale, and uh, that's what this is <laughs> let's uh, let's face the facts uh, joel somewhat fully admits that that's basically what this is and uh there ain't nothing wrong with that because that show was amazing also uh, just a, a side note web soup with chris hardwick freaking love that one too um but uh if you're unfamiliar joel McHale, uh you may recognize from community other things uh, we'll stand in front of a green screen and talk about uh, the, the sort of daily, uh, mostly focusing on uh, reality television shows, daily things from TV, for the most part. It's a, uh, and sort of put his and the writer's uh, spin on it in a humorous fashion. Very humorous, I might say. Uh, this sort of format seemingly designed for Joel McHale. I, I don't think anyone could do it any better, and uh, these episodes just spot on. I love him. Uh, you got Paul Feig as a producer uh, and he'll pop in from time to time. You'll have uh, guests come in and out 
see, a guest star in the first episode, Allison Bree, also from Community, Jim Rash, Paul Reiser, Paul Reiser. Oh yeah, uh, they'll they'll have uh, skits in studio as well as uh, pre-written and filmed ones. Skits is that the right term? Sure. Um, and, and basically, when you boil it all down, it is a half hour. 22 minutes to 27 minutes of a comedy that is sort of geared towards people who this is why this show's good uh i can't stand reality tv shows uh the missus loves them we can both watch this uh because she will sort of see things and recognize them and then understand jokes that i probably don't and then I get the sort of satisfaction of someone tearing these shows a new asshole. So, uh, best of both worlds, really. Uh, let me just look at some of the segments. Uh, there's sports segment. Yeah. That's where they talk about sports. Uh, it sort of reminds me a little bit of uh, Kevin Pereira's uh, Time to Sports. That's the greatest sports segment of all time. Uh, you probably could find that online. Kevin Pereira from Attack of the Show used to do a segment called Time to Sports. Uh, we've got Joel's International Corner. Yeah, um, almost all of the stories are uh, US TV centric, uh, with the exception of this International Corner, which uh, quite often you'll get sort of your, your crazy uh, Russian, crazy uh, <laughs> Japanese, uh, that sort of TV show. Uh, man, yeah, what's going on in some of those places? Whew. Uh, murder shows, Joel's Weekly Dump. Mm hmm. Future Garbage, I don't remember that one. Shopping for Shut-Ins, yeah, that uh, focused on uh, things from uh, it's the Shopping Channel. We have a version of that in Canada that the missus watches sometimes. And sometimes I'll come in and just what goes on on those shows, it's like the people on those shows are somehow not human. It's very, very strange to just sort of come in, sit down, and see them talking for seemingly forever on a subject that can probably be described in 30 seconds and yet they have to talk about it for an hour makes for some interesting conversation to say the least uh, and, and sometimes they'll obviously in, in that format you're gonna say things that don't make sense uh, th say things perhaps you shouldn't say and uh, those clips will be found there all in all uh, easy for me to give it a 5 out of 5, and I recommend you check it out, why don't you? Conan the Librarian! Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Book Banter. Today's Book Banter sponsor is Telepathic Horse Barn and Grill. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, I have an interesting one here. Uh, it's called The Coming of the Horse Clans. This is from the Horse Clans series number one. Uh, what year did this come out? Uh, I think it was in the 80s. Uh, I'm on the Goodreads. Uh, does it not say on Goodreads? Huh. You'd think it would say it somewhere. Why doesn't it? Amazon... Oh, uh, 1982. Okay, so when I was... Oh, first published in 1975. Okay. Interesting. So this was uh, written before I was even born. Fascinating. Uh, what sort of attracted me to the idea of this book 
was uh, if you're a longtime listener of this podcast, or first of all, geez, you're a real weirdo, but I love you. Uh, secondly, you will know that post-apocalyptic stuff, media in general, always has an appeal to me. Uh, Fallout series is my uh, favorite video game series. Uh, the Stand and Swan Song, two post-apocalyptic books, are definitely in my like top books of all time. Um, movies, TV, whatever. I like it. Uh, so this combines that with a sort of fantasy-esque um, stuff. So combining, uh, and this is sort of a genre, I, I forget what they call it, but it, it, it's, it, it's fantasy set in a post-apocalyptic world, which is something I've sort of always thought was a cool idea. In fact, uh, in D&D, I have sort of tentative plans to sort of use a apocalypse of some sort to explain how all the typical D&D stuff exists. Like, uh, just, just one idea off the top of my uh, head that I've had is, like, uh, dwarves. Um, humans, when the apocalypse happened, moved underground to avoid, let's just say, like, atomic radiation. And then over the millennia, uh, radiation sleeps in. Um, they're, uh, th they sort of have to spread out uh, underground as they, you know, give birth, um, and then they're sort of in tighter and tighter confines, and that's why they get, uh, that sort of smaller stature, um, sort of using radiation as an idea for quick evolution, which is a thing that is not unheard of. Anyways, uh, back to the book. Let me read the Goodreads, because it looks like it might be a, a good one. <laughs> just by the first sentence alone prophecy written in blood yeah see that, that's got you right there after 200 years of searching for other immortals the undying high lord milo more has returned to the horse clans to fulfill an ancient prophecy and lead them to their destined homeland by the sea but in their path wait the armed might of the Helene an enemy even more treacherous the witchmen pre-holocaust scientists who have survived centuries by stealing other men's bodies to house their evil minds and who have made it in their and who have in their hidden stronghold the means of destroying all who will not become their willing slaves can even milo save the horse clans from the bloodthirsty and the malevolent witchmen who would rip him to shreds to discover his secret of immortality question mark sounds awesome execution not great uh rating i'm gonna go like a two uh, yeah, went into this after sort of uh, learning a little bit about the horse clans, and it sounded really cool, and the premise uh, I, I enjoy, uh, but the execution really, uh, like, I'm not continuing on. I'm not going to read Horse Clans number two, uh, which is sort of disappointing to me. It's just that they didn't sort of follow Milo around. Like, this friggin' really cool dude with uh, cool powers... Um, they, they didn't really focus on him uh, if the story sort of jumped around to different people some of which were not interesting uh, I, I kind of wish this was more in a sort of first person um, but eh I, I just can't recommend it which is rare for me for this sort of book but hey
today's game Gabin sponsor is rather a double book banter sponsor. What? Two books? Whew. It's Bob's Aspirin Warehouse. Thank you for that sponsorship. Oh, uh, you know what? I never said the author of Coming of the Horse Clans. Robert Adams. Thank you. Uh, okay, so book the second is uh, called Another Fine Myth by Robert Lynn Aspirin. Thank you for that. Uh, you lovely, lovely author of Myth Adventures, book number one. Ah, book number one of a series, yes. So uh, having the Horse Clan sort of let me down, uh, I decided to uh, pop this one open, which is a little more on the fantasy, less on the uh, uh, post-apocalyptic, and higher on the comedy. Yeah, a, a, little, a little silly, let's call it. Uh, this came out in 1978. Wait, wasn't the last one in 1978? Oh no, 75. Still, that's that's something, right? Um, so uh, this has got a much shorter uh, Goodreads description, and perhaps not as interesting. Skeev, S-K-E-E-V-E, -E -E, interesting name for your protagonist. Skeev was a magician's apprentice until an assassin struck and his master was killed. Now... With a purple-tongued demon named Az, A-A-H-Z, as a companion, he is on a quest to get even. <laughs> yeah, doesn't sound as interesting, does it, as a first, but I gotta say, uh, somewhat reminiscent of Discworld, uh, Terry Pratchett's Discworld, just in the sense that it's it's not taking itself crazy seriously when it comes to its fantasy. Um, like, you'll have a, a, a dragon that says Gleep. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Yeah, the, the dragon doesn't talk, but it says the word Gleep. Its name is Gleep, and that's all it says. It's sort of an I am Groot. Uh, <laughs> maybe it is actually saying something. Uh, this uh, demon is... Uh, from a, a, a plane called Pervert no, or Pervertville uh, I, I don't know uh, you've got imps uh, you've got st just strange <laughs> it's sort of hard to explain perfect for podcasting uh, in, in that this series which seemingly is oh my god 20 and 19 Looks like it's about 19. Hmm. Uh, looks like it's about a 19 book series. Uh, I am on to the second one, I should say. Uh, they're short. Like, they could be for uh, maybe not young adults, but uh, they're only a couple hundred pages. Easy reads. Uh, Rating-wise for this first book, I think I can go like a, a, a solid four just coming off a bit, and maybe it was a bit of a palate cleanser that is raising my rating uh, coming off this sort of somewhat impenetrable uh, not very interesting uh, taking itself way too seriously fantasy to this just ridiculous uh, apprentice who's stumbling bumbling not very good at magic um, yeah it, it really sort of cleansed uh, that feeling of, oh, geez, to, oh, well, this is interesting. Uh, he sort of uh, hooks up with this uh, demon character for the reason that the demon, uh, being pulled from his realm, was sort of tricked uh, in such a way that he lost his powers. 
So now in order to sort of get back to his realm, um, he has to use this uh, young apprentice boy for his, his, his own uh, means. Uh, all in all, uh, I think this series will be one that I can come in and out of as well. Like, I, I, I don't think I'm going to read 19 of these in a row back to back. But uh, I have a feeling that uh, these will sort of stand alone for the most part. At least that's what I'm getting sort of from my impression from the first book. Uh, in, another fine myth. Solid. Good. Dumb. Fantasy. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Gary's Old Town Tavern. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, a little bit different internet intercourse in that I've sort of combined it with a TV talk as well. Mm. Uh, the reason I did that is because internet intercourse <laughs> item the first, Raised by TV, season two is a podcast. I felt like uh, talking about a podcast that talks about TV <clears throat> excuse me, means that I could combine this internet intercourse with some television talk, right? There's logic to that. Don't tell me there isn't. Uh, Reese by TV, uh, hosted by John Gabris and Lauren Lapkus. I would say podcasting titans. Or titans, if you prefer that pronunciation, and I do. Um... Basically, two people talking about how in their childhood uh, they spent a poop ton of time just in front of the television, which is something I can relate to very, very strongly. Uh, they're focusing, I guess, mostly, maybe they delve a little bit into the 80s, uh, mostly 90s, and a little bit of the aughts, I suppose. But uh, the, the good thing about John Gabris and Lauren Lapkus, and, and, and most good podcasters, if they feel like sort of talking about something entirely off the topic of TV and the, and the sort of conversation flows that way, they'll let it happen. They don't uh, flog themselves to stay on uh, all TV talk all the time if it doesn't sort of flow naturally that way, and uh, I appreciate that. These two super, super funny together seemingly get along well. Uh, the sort of uh, one hour a week interactions, one hour plus a week interactions, that, that have to, or at the very least, lead me to believe that uh, off Mike, the two people who can sort of just get along and uh, shoot the shit and have a shit ton of laughs. And I said shit twice in two sentences there, so that's pretty shitty. Uh, subjects have included Snick, which is not something I never really knew about. Uh, it's like uh, Nickelodeon, but like late at night for like little uh, angsty, I, I guess you could say. Uh, did that have Boy Meets World on it? I, I think they might have mentioned that it did. Which is one show that I think I sort of ducked in and out of. Um, maybe a little... I was born in 81, so maybe I wasn't quite the right age. Maybe if I was a little younger, which I think John Gabris and Lauren are a little younger than me. I could be wrong. I, mean, you know what? I could look it up. Uh, no, I'm not going to. Um, they talked about teen angst. 
which I find, uh, especially from their discussion, seems to be much more prevalent back in the shows of that day, where now it's a little more poppy, a little more uh, sort of up, let's call it, a little more Disney. Uh, sidekicks? Oh yeah, I gotta have some good sidekicks. Who's a good sidekick? And we're not talking like superhero sidekick. We're talking like, uh, uh, I don't know, pick a show that has a sidekick. Would, uh, oh, would Perfect Strangers, would Baki probably not be the sidekick? Or would it be Larry, Cousin Larry? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, TV Guide? Oh yeah, <laughs> they did an episode where they talked of TV Guide. I used to, uh, this will obviously date me a little bit, I used to have a TV Guide uh subscribe to it like myself like the family didn't i did <laughs> uh because i would watch so much tv yeah that's a good indication like the subscription was under my name it, it wasn't for the family if they wanted to look at it maybe i would let them uh it, so i would get it and i'd be like all excited and i'd look through it and then i'd like highlight all the things that i wanted to watch and uh i wouldn't so much uh watch them as i had a vcr set up so I would see what time things were on and I would record everything that I wanted to watch through the week. And then like on the weekend, I would watch everything. Uh, so I, I, this was sort of like pre-binging. <laughs> so you could sort of skip through the commercials. And also when I got home from like school or work, uh, you didn't have enough time to watch all the shows. Uh, and plus I didn't stay up late enough to watch some of them, which is a tradition I have to this day. Uh, so, Raised by TV, highly, highly recommend. Easy for me to give it a 5 out of 5. Let's move on to a television show. Hey, from the time of Raised by TV and before, uh, Cheers, the Diane Chamber years. Uh, I decided, since I'm watching the entire series, I would break it into a two-part discussion. The first, of course, being uh, the first five seasons, which I'm on season five, episode 24. So, I haven't quite lost Diane yet, I should mention. Um, I think I lean towards uh, Rebecca more than Diane, uh, her episodes more. Uh, I gotta say, uh, the combination of nostalgia for this show, having watched every episode, jeez, if I had to put a number on it, I'd say between three and seven times, because <laughs> I used to watch it on TV, uh, I, it was one of the first DVDs. DVD sets I ever bought. Uh, the first DVD sets I was thinking of this the other day for some reason that I ever bought was, and I think I got them at the same time, so I think it's a tie. Uh, Deep Space Nine and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I, I believe those were the first I ever purchased. Uh, and maybe this was like tied for second or something. Um, it's just something that's so it's, it's definition of, for me, and everyone can have different versions of this definition of comfort food television uh is cheers uh the laugh track it's not a laugh track because it's filmed before a live studio audience as it says uh, it's not pervasive which uh, is something that in modern television uh, i just can't stand like big bang theory so i would say about that show uh, ac uh laugh track cranked to 11 actual laughs you know one uh, which drives me nuts. Uh, whereas this little more believable and it doesn't sort of in, inundate your ears. So and and it's not a laugh track actually. Uh, Dying Chambers, yeah, she's like and supposed to be annoying. <laughs> yeah, I never really cared for her. Uh, like the character, and, and that's something you also don't find on TV 
TVD <laughs> on TV nowadays, I find, is, like, everything has to be likable, which uh, you don't necessarily need. Like, uh, unlikable characters, uh, you'll come back and watch them, presumably, right? It's, it's just sort of a, a something that modern TV doesn't seem to do as often as it did seemingly back in the day. Um... What else to say of Cheers? Yeah, we're out of time, so... I feel like this episode was a shit one. Just to keep that in mind. Uh, don't let this be reflective of my normal episodes. It's just I hadn't recorded in a while. Um, I'm feeling a little out of it, perhaps. Um, this is not indicative of the quality of episodes that I expect from me in the future. <sighs> it's nice to be nice. To the nice. Which is a quote from MASH, which is a television show from Raised by TV Times. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> this is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper